If you like to watch Survivor, and when the show ends, you really wanna talk about it with like-minded friends. It might be hard to find some, but don't you shed a tear. Check out the Purple Rock podcast, and this is what you'll hear. John will make some dumb jokes. Likes to yell and curse, and if they're not available, the backup hosts are so much worse. We'll spend the whole time being jerks and telling you you're wrong. So we found a nice person to sing you our theme song. It's the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Purple Rock Podcast. For the first time this season, I'm your host, Emma, and for the first time ever, I'm joined by Brad. Brad, how you doing today? I am doing great. How are you doing, Emily? I'm doing fine, and we're keeping with the Andy tradition of ignoring the basically pointless pseudonym. Okay, um, and so that sure was an episode of Survivor. What did you think about that vote? Oof, okay, so I really gotta, I feel like I have a stretch, I gotta wind up for it, for... Yeah, yeah, crack the shoulders a little, Uh, mm -hmm. get ready. Get a little, you know, loose and ready for it. Uh, I feel, and to borrow a little quote from The Good Place here, like, everybody on Lyro mathematically pooched it this week. They really, they really screwed it up, right? I mean, before I jump into it, do you feel like, like you would, that's your assessment of how Lyro, uh, did at this tribal? Yeah, I mean, I can see reasons to target Vince in a vacuum. I do not feel those were the bulk of the reasons they used. Um, and I definitely have, have issues with some of the rationale that was put out, but I think I'm going to let you tackle that first. Yeah, so um, I think you're alluding to the men, so I will say. Uh, <laughs> the men, in, sp- in, uh, in particular, being Aaron, Tom, and Dean, really played this one wrong because... At the very beginning of the episode, you have them approaching Vince, saying, we need you to help us target the women. We're clearly outnumbered. Anything that you have that could be used to our advantage is something that you need to bring to us so that we can stick together as a foursome and not be ticked off one by one. And as soon as they get an actual sense that he would have something tangible to offer to that alliance, the first thing that they do when he steps on the boat is say, Vince needs to go see a bye. If you were actually going to align with him to work to take out the women, then you should be using his idol to your advantage and not taking him out because he has an idol because he might be a threat. Yes, he might be a threat with an idol, a threat who you want on your side working with you to flip the numbers, right? I can maybe understand, like, there might be some sort of galaxy brain argument where you could say that the men were actually hoping that Vince would play his idol. And that they wanted Christian to go home. Um, but I would say, like, there is no evidence of that higher order thinking. One, because you would just tell Vince to play the idol. Right. You would just say, yo, dude, they, they insist on splitting the vote. We're outnumbered. We couldn't talk them out of it. So if you've got an idol, man, you got to play it. Yep. Easy. Mm-hmm. Done. Easy done. What have we been talking about? And two, like, if, I feel like they also didn't want him spooked in some way. Like, they wanted to keep it on the level with him. But also, if you want him to play your idol, that is what spooked people do, is they play their idol. So you should be spooking him if you want the idol flushed. Right? Right. But also, too, if we're moving on to my uh, claim of everybody is an idiot on this tribe, Vince, I don't understand how you can get on the boat, like, you know, be uh, driven over to that island the entire way saying... 
I need to get this idol because I am a threat. I know that they're targeting me because I'm going to the island of the idols. And then come back and then not play the idol. If you know and it's only good. And then not play the idol. Right? How do you not play the idol? It's only good for it's two good weeks. good for two times. It's a real Chris Noble thing to do, Vince. And I just didn't think I would be comparing you to Chris Noble when this season started. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Look, I mean, was Vince really planning to work with the men? No. But did the men know that? I mean, maybe. They might have had an idea. But not for sure. You gotta at least try. And that brings me to something I wanted to talk about, which is that people are like, look, I get that idols are spooky. We've seen what's happened with Ben, with Rick Devins, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it is the pre-merge people. Like, there are not that many pre-merge idol plays anyway, and if there are, like, you want that person on your side, you want them on your side for a swap, potentially, that can really help you out, like it did with, um, Desi, with, with Joe Mena and Heroes Healers, yada, 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 um, and, yeah, it's just a good thing to have on your side in the pre-merge, maybe in the merge you want to get you know, you want to get rid of that. But also, everyone always talks about flushing the idol. They don't, you know, and not just voting that person out, but flushing the idol. Because they're pretty okay with if that person plays it and then doesn't, and then whoever they split the votes on goes home. You don't have to vote for the person, unless you, like, actually want them out. But if your goal is really to just get rid of the idol, you don't have to vote for that person. You can just, as you were saying, like, spook them and, like, make them really think they're going home, then they waste the idol. Then that's perfect. They no longer look like a threat. They don't have the idol. You can go back and work with them because they don't think you turned on them. Like, you can just be like, oh, man, I didn't mean to scare you. I don't know. Like, I was just talking at Tribal. Jeff scares me or something. You know, it's not It's not that crazy. Um, people are dumb. A lot of people in this season don't seem to be very good at the game, but it's made for some unpredictability, at least, I guess. I guess that's true, but I also, I'm like, I would like for us to have some semblance of logic as we move through the game and not to sort of shoot from the hip, galaxy brain, I need to make big moves, TM, TM, TM. Um, because to also, like, to bring back to what you're saying of you can just spook them and then not have all this other stuff happening and sort of letting the vote get out of your control. Um, for the women in particular, like, by voting for Vince... In this instance, when you expect him to play the idol, you're really putting a rubber stamp on whoever that second vote is going to be. And so, right. like, the women are saying, we're fine with Karishma going home because we're expecting that Vince is going to play his idol. That is the whole point of the vote split is that you think that he's going to play the idol. And the other part that I really don't understand is why Karishma agreed to vote for Vince because she knew that she was going to be the second vote. So by voting for Vince, wherein you're implying that he will play his idol and this is the contingency, like, I actually think that we talk about Tyson and, and Heroes versus Villains being like the oh. stupid vote. This was stupider because Tyson at least thought that Parvati was going home and that he was putting a vote on Parvati with the majority of the votes. Like Karishman knows that the whole plan when you vote for Vince is that he plays his idol and the contingency is the person like you are the contingency. You will go home. Like it's not possible to vote for yourself, but Karishma got pretty damn close to it as close as we've ever seen. I am so curious, what the hell was she whispering oh, I wanna know. to everyone? Because she didn't seem that jazzed about the Tom plan. Like, I don't know that there's any reason that she'd be like, let's make it Tom. Because, like, at that point, it either was or it wasn't. Like, she's not going to be convincing them. And if that was what she was saying, that's clear. Was she saying to vote Vince? Because that's insane. And also, 
by doing all the whispering, that makes it seem like it's up in the air. And do you know what? Like, sure, it worked, but that's because of bad gameplay on Vince's part. But you know what someone who has an idol that could only mm-hmm. be used twice might do if suddenly the vote seems super up in the air? Mm-hmm. I think they might play it. And then she would go home. Yeah, and it's just, it really comes back to, like, what was said in that whisper, but the optics of it were terrible. The fact that she really couldn't nail down a plan to say, why don't we put at least second votes on Tom? Maybe you didn't want to actually vote out Tom, you'd rather see Vince go, but you'd at least say, let's put more votes on Tom than are going on me. But just by agreeing to go along with the plan and then voting for Vince, I just like, what in the world? What in the world? Yeah, and, like, that also, I really wish... Um, that Survivor would show, like, I get in some instances why they wouldn't show what's being whispered, because that could give, you know, that could give something away, like, in, in very specific instances where, well, that really is who they then vote for, and then there's a blind side, you know, but... In this instance, I'm pretty sure that didn't affect anything. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, even if they were all voting Tom and she some reason tells them all to vote Vince, like, that was already one of the two possibilities. So that's not giving anything away. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, will they listen to her or not? Why in the world would she want, you know, why would she want them to do this or that? Like, like it's still, it, it would have worked, I think, in this specific instance to see what she was whispering. Now, maybe, I mean, maybe they somehow just can't hear it, but I just don't believe that's true. Oh, wait, do you actually think that the mics are good enough to pick up? I feel like they've always gone back and, like, read lips, because whenever we've gotten live tribals before, if you can clearly see the lips, then they'll tell you what's going on with subtitles. I don't know if we've ever gotten clean audio of what's being whispered at tribal. I mean, not not like audio, but there's there's a different, you know, where for, you know, if we don't need to get into it, but like I have friends who sound engineer, you know, like mm. if you're actually back and you can isolate it, you know, and stuff like that, maybe they'd get it for closed captioning, but that's really neither here nor there. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, hell, like they edit these after you can always be like, Hey, Krishma, Hey, Chelsea, like what was talked about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, obviously that could then be like really an issue overall. But, yeah, so it's safe to say we didn't think that was the smartest move. Was there any, was there anything else you wanted to discuss about the vote? Um, you know, we definitely saw, like, what do we think from the women's side? Like, we definitely saw Missy in particular wanting to work with Vince and clearly, um, Elizabeth and probably to a lesser extent, but to an extent, Chelsea were more, we're more looped into Elaine. I'm sorry. We're more looped into Tom. While in previous episodes, we know Elaine has worked with Tom and Vince. So it clearly wasn't a hill Missy was willing to die on. But, um, what do you think were it was for each individual person? I think that, uh, they really sort of agreed to vote out Vince in part because of the idol. But again, like if you treat him as an ally, that, idol can become an asset for you and your alliance. Um, but also something that was said, and I don't remember if it was uh, Elizabeth or Chelsea who said it as they were going to tribal, but basically it was, I see Vince as a closer ally, but if we were to vote out Tom, that makes the boys mad when we get back to camp. And I really was wondering about what that means for your game. Like, are you just making these moves so that you can appease three people who might maybe in a potential swap, which I will say, I don't think it's coming. I don't think there's a swap this season, uh, but that's a different topic. No, although I will say, I don't know that we can blame them for playing no. like there mm-hmm. might be one yes. because there usually, there usually is. is. 
Um, yeah, so I think, I think until they get to like, if they get past, you know, 14 and there hasn't been a swap, then they gotta just mm-hmm. realize this is it. But, but I think when you're between 18 and 14, it's totally reasonable to think one is coming. For sure. Yeah, but going into it thinking like, we want to keep these three safe just in case we do get swapped with them. We don't want to get screwed over. I'm just thinking like, you already know that they are on the bottom and that you really don't want to work with them as much as you want to work with Vince. And you also have to have some inkling that they think they're on the bottom if you're always hanging out with the Women's Alliance and they're always hanging out with the men's, right? Like, there might be a natural break anyway. Like, at the very least, I don't think voting out Vince is going to make Aaron be like, you know what, these broads are all right. Like, I'm fine with I don't know why I gave him, like, a hick accent. He's from Rhode Island. Like, he is fully from Rhode Island. Um, But, you know, like, I don't think he's suddenly going to be like, yeah, I forgive them for voting out the guy I was closest to and not looping me on an, on it at all. Like, I trust them completely now because they voted out a challenge liability who had an idol. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not gonna, that's no. not gonna do it. No. So, I don't know. I mean, do you think Tom was the right, you know, decoy or like the right other option? Who do you think they should have been targeting? Obviously, like for the men, I mean, the men targeting Vince was foolish, so I guess Karishma is the person that makes the most sense for them to be trying to vote out because they want to get, like, a woman out. Um, although maybe they're better off trying to break up the alliance and not go for the outsider, especially because Aaron already has had a relationship with Karishma. It seemed like she was working with him and Ronnie. Um, so, yeah, who do you think the targets should have been? You're talking about who who uh, who the men should have targeted instead of Vince. The men or, and, and or the women, like who should have the women targeted? You know, should it have been Tom or should it have been with one of the other two guys? I mean, I think if you're thinking just in terms of, uh, challenge strength, like Dean, I mean, Dean's been on puzzles, but he's also been like sort of pooching it on puzzles. They all have they all. been. No, yeah. they're like, they're like, oh, someone needs to step up for the puzzle. I'm like, you've had four different people try to work on puzzles. You've been bad at, like, okay, Aaron, maybe you should do the puzzle that, you know? And, like, I get why he hasn't. He's a very large man. <laughs> like, that makes sense. But um use those assets. But, like, yeah, maybe, like, sorry, guys, maybe y'all just suck at puzzles and you just have to accept that, like, and try to, you know, beast it that much harder, bef- you know, on rounds before there's a puzzle. Or just be like, alright, this isn't gonna be the one for us. We'll hope there's a challenge without a puzzle later, cause they are bad at that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just like, oh, losing it really quick, or someone on the other side is like crazy good, like when Debbie and Neil like did that one snake puzzle in like nine seconds. You know, mm-hmm. this is not those situations. They are just floundering. No fish pun intended. And I will say that does bring me back to, uh, I've been betting on Purple the entire way through. It did have a hiccup last week where Purple didn't win, but I, I mean, honestly, I don't know how they get around this puzzle thing because they've been beasting out in the challenges. And so, you know what? Maybe if you're just talking tribe strength, maybe it is Karishma and the Women's Alliance eats one of their own. But I think it's been, hasn't Dean done two puzzles to this point? I feel like he's been on puzzles a lot. I feel like Karishma has been on puzzles yeah. a lot. So 
He and Charisma were both on both puzzles. Um, do you know it is possible? Cause the first week, you know, that had a lot of like lifting involved. It was that, you know, building the huts thing. We also saw Jamal doing like really big, like carrying the big pieces. So it's possible Denise, it's possible Dean was, you know, primarily just there to physically move the pieces, but he was a part of it. And yeah, no one has talked about how Dean hasn't been helping them in the challenges. Like, why wasn't Dean in the physical portion of this challenge? You know, they, if they need all these big, strong guys to be doing their challenges, he's not doing that part of it. And he's not good at the puzzles and he barely exists. And he talked about splitting the vote in front of everyone. He doesn't seem like the most unreasonable person to get rid of. Mm. Well, I will say for the challenge part, uh, I think Kemper Boyd had a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. that Dean cannot swim. And that is why he's yes, being put on puzzles, even though he sucks at them, is because he cannot swim and will not actually help in other portions of the challenge. Um, if that was true, we've seen people be voted out for not being able to swim before. Yeah. But it, that might also feed into, and uh, I'll kind of redirect it onto our next topic anyway, of mm-hmm. um, the reason that maybe we're targeting Karishma over Dean is because Karisha maybe just doesn't fit in very well with her tribe, which is something that she alluded, or not rather not alluded to. It was pretty explicit that she mentioned it, uh, at yeah. tribal. Spelled yeah. it out. Yeah. Spelled it right <laughs> yeah. out. Uh, but maybe Karishma just isn't fitting in on Lyra, whether people are voicing that or not, but maybe implicitly at least there is some sort of ideation of eh, maybe Karishma is the one to go separate and apart from all the other stuff that's happening at challenges. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there definitely could, you know, there definitely could be a part of that. And obviously, the guys aren't, you know, it's the guys who brought up her name, and they're not going to be like, let's vote out Dean. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, I think we saw the women choose another target. We, you know, maybe they just like him. He did work with them the first time. You could see Aaron being someone they should bring up because he was left on the outs anyway, but you know, he's such a, he's just such a like big physical like specimen for their challenges. You can see them being reluctant to let that go in a way that Ronnie was like just a dude, you know, um, not that big of a loss. But, um, yeah, in terms of charisma and not fitting in. So should we talk about the cut situation first? Do you want to just kind of go over her overall vibe? Uh, yeah, we can talk about the cut that was going on. Uh, I'm sorry. We can talk about the, uh, the, the cut with, with the machete. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I will say it wasn't a great look, right? Like the fact that she is, it was not. You no, know, she cuts herself. She's on the ground. She's bleeding out. She says, like, I need to go see a medic. And then no one goes and helps her. And I, I like, I have to believe that there was some other, you know, um, reason for them not going over and helping her. Maybe they thought she actually had walked off to the medic and they just didn't realize it could be, you know, a number of other things. They thought that it was not that bad and they just didn't see how bad it was. But I mean, maybe that's just me being naive. How did you read that interaction? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I feel too. It's just, it's just like too bizarre of a thing to think that none of them, like, we've seen, you know, and, and at this point, there's no, like, there's no, like, animosity towards them, you know, it's not like if someone, like, you know, Colton on Manola, like, cut himself and the guys there didn't care while he was a truck, but, you know, like, it's not like someone who's, like, really been, like, a major outcast, it's not like, like, 
they've sure maybe she feels like she doesn't fit in but it's not like we've seen real evidence of every it's not like Nora on Vokai you know if that happened there and I don't think they would have acted that way um because even in situations where someone does have an adversary you know we saw in Cook Islands like the original Parvati um she cut herself pretty badly and Penner, who she had not been nice to at all, because this is very original Parvati, who was not a very good player, like, was very, you know, went into, like, dad mode and was really, like, caring and trying to help her out, you know, and that's someone who had, like, really yelled at him and, like, been upset with him for flipping. So that's, that's, like, when there's an actual um antagonistic relationship and they still, you know, did something. So it's just, like, too weird. We don't we don't see anything that these are like all a bunch of sociopaths, you know? Um, so you just have to think that some sort of misunderstanding, like obviously it was enough that she still felt that way, but like all I can think of, you know, is maybe she was pretty like matter of fact, you know, about it. And some people act like that. Like my mom said when we were watching the episode that my brother once sliced his thumb open, needed eight stitches. And the way he did, he's just like, I cut my thumb. <laughs> like that's just how he reacted to it. Not like, whereas I feel like if I was a, you know, he's a teenager, but like, like I feel like if I had like, I'd be like, Oh my God, like help, you know, like mm-hmm. if maybe she was like making a little more of a scene, then they would have made a little more of a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I also saw some people being like, oh, but she was, like, collapsing or, like, drooping down, like, fainting. And, like, I mean, I don't, I didn't read it as that was what was happening. I thought she was taking a preventative measure and just kind of getting into a pose. And she actually said that, too. She actually said, I'm going to lower myself so that the blood doesn't rush out of this wound. Yeah. And, like, or, you know, down from her head, I feel like faint. And some people just are really, like, maybe she's one of those people who really freaks out at the sight of blood. So maybe they were just like, okay, like, she's handling it. We already, you know, for all we know, like, they have they saw the flurry of production being like, we need medical, you know, to come out here. So they're like, okay, medical's on their way. We're, like, filthy. You know, we don't want to, like, touch her wound and make it infected, you know, or anything. Or just like, okay, medical's on their way. She's trying to, like, regain, you know, she's trying to, like, be calm and, like, not faint. Like, maybe, you know, causing a flurry, maybe they're gonna help. I just, maybe there's just some weird editing where they're, where they did stuff and it just wasn't enough attention. Like, and I don't mean this to sound shady, but it just like, it didn't feel like enough attention for what she was expecting or maybe would receive in real life. And so it felt like the way she was in the confessional because it's just too weird the way they showed it. Like, it's bizarre. It's really, really just too weird. And I will say, um, I was not the one who noticed this, but I did see either in our comment section or somewhere on Twitter, someone pointed out that that in that entire sequence, you never really get a shot of Karishma and someone else from the tribe at the same time, which sort of points mm. to maybe this was one of those survivor reenactments where we didn't get the initial thing on camera, which I don't know how you don't if someone cuts themselves and gets like on the ground like that. Yeah, I think we saw yeah. the cut, but maybe she like right away walked away mm-hmm. and they just thought she was with medical yeah. already. 
So then it could just be that, like, what actually happened and how Krishma is remembering it are a little different, which in an event like that, totally understandable, right? But also... Right, you're not, like, fully cognizant of what's going on around you. But at the same time, though, like, when something like that happens, it's not even just, like, we're doing the nice thing of checking in on you. Like, this entire game is built on people's perceptions of social interaction. Mm -hmm. So you're the tribe, you know that she's injured herself, and you don't go over and address that with her. Like, honestly, that's kind of... on. her tribe mates anyway yeah like i think it's probably not as sociopathic as it looked but i think they probably i mean obviously they should have done more because of how she felt but like even if you don't know something like they probably should have you know done a little done a little more like hey you're okay how's your hand you know Mm -hmm. stuff like that um but it's hard because we don't, you know, we don't see anything. I even tried checking, like, I don't, I never follow any, like, current survivors when it's happening because I just don't like to mess with that. But I checked um, both Missy and Chelsea just because those are the people I thought of. Um, Twitter to just see if there was any, like, hey, actually, this is how that happened. Because I feel like you'd want to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But none of, neither of them mentioned it at all, um, which I thought was a little strange. But they also weren't, like, it didn't look like they were, either of them were, like, live tweeting the episode or anything. So it could just be how they use, you know, how they choose to use social media. Um, so if anyone saw any other tribe mates from that say anything, you know, I'd be interested to hear about it because it was just such a strange thing. Mm-hmm. Very strange. But, Otherwise, you know, in terms of what did you think about, you know, but obviously I guess that's going to make her feel like she didn't fit in. But but what did you think about um, that whole sort of storyline with Krishna this week? Yeah, the whole thing, I feel like it might be sort of self-imposed, self-fulfilling when you say I'm not fitting in. Like there is a whole women's alliance. They make a point of bonding with each other. Like that is your opportunity. Lean into it. Right. So like, I get that maybe you're uncomfortable, um, in the water, you know, in your swimsuit, but also like just, it's an opportunity to build connections. Right. And so I feel like when you sort of point to coming in demographically, I wasn't like everybody else, like that might be true. And that might put you at a disadvantage, but also like as a person of color, I'll say this, right. You have to just work harder at building the connections that are not going to come as naturally between you and another person you know, as opposed to, like, them and their other white counterparts. Like, it is possible. You have to work harder for it. It's not saying that's fair, but it is possible. It's not impossible in a way that as soon as you see what the rest of your tribe looks like, you sort of, like, shut it off and say, well, I, you know, will not make any connections, and therefore I am not making connections. Yeah, she definitely seemed to have just this sort of aura of, like, self-defeat throughout it, you know? Um, and I do think, yeah, there's definitely probably a feeling of, like, she is a big fan of the show, so she probably has noticed the patterns, you know, of being voted out and just has that in her head or something. But, you know, like, just the way she talks about, like, not being, like, being older, it's like, yeah, 37 on on most tri- would be, you know, older. And maybe she's in the older half of the Women's Alliance, but she's not even the oldest of the women, you know, um, Eileen is older than her, I think. And then, obviously, of the tribe in total, like, um, Tom is obviously much older. And Aaron, I think, at the very least, is only a couple years younger. Like, I think he's in his mid-30s. And then, you know, the rest of the women, like, Missy's the youngest at 24, but 
the other, like, they're not, like, early 20s, you know, these aren't, like, 19-year-olds, they're, the rest of them are, like, late 20s, you know, who have a lot of life experience to draw from, that you can, you know, find connections. As someone who actually does check out, like, the preseason coverage, I know that, um, Karishma's from Philadelphia, but lives in Texas, Chelsea's from, like, from Jersey, but from the part, I forget always whether it's north or south, that like roots for Philadelphia sports teams. So it's not like, un, you know, if I don't know what kind of conversations they've had or if Christmas gives a shit about sports, but like you could talk, like she's probably at least been, Chelsea's probably at least been to the city, you know, like if you have conversations with people, you can find things in common. Like I get, you know, obviously she's, yeah, always going to be coming from a little bit of that disadvantage. And even if there's other, you know, people of color on her tribe, they're still not from the same culture. You know, the Indian American experience is not the same as the black American experience. So, like, you can't just be like, oh, well, then she should automatically get along with Missy because, like, that's not how that works. But but it seemed like, I mean, even when it was like, oh, they're going to split the vote. And she's like, well, I know they're talking about. Like, I know they're all thinking of me. And it's like, I mean, do you know that? Like, at that point, that was pretty early in the episode. And there was really nothing we had seen. No, you know, there was nothing we had seen. That doesn't mean there wasn't anything that happened. But, you know, try to strengthen up more with the women. Be like, wow, they want to split the vote. And, you know, you know, they're not going to want to split it on one of the men. So what should we figure out to do? Like, and then Vince is trying to work with her. And she's, like, not giving him anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just a lot of self-defeatism just in terms of the social aspect and the gameplay. Exactly what Vince was saying of like, you can't keep saying, let's play the game and then not play the game yourself by not putting forward a name. Yeah, it was just really baffling all around. Yeah, the, I just want, like, yeah, her line specifically of like, I just want everyone to play the game was very, was very strange to me because I just, didn't it did not seem like the kind of tribe that wasn't playing you know like that was just kind of doing the easy thing or like straightforward like the only person they'd voted for so far was ronnie and that was very much like a big move that they all had to do you know they have a women's alliance like you know now allegedly it's not quite as like maybe lock solid as we'd all like it to be but it's not gonna be if you don't like try to you know maintain that so, yeah, it's just, I mean, I feel for her if she's feeling that isolated and, like, feels like she's not fitting in, but sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta work a little at it. Mm-hmm. All right, and speaking of working for it, uh let's talk about Vince's Mission Impossible trip to the Vokai <laughs> Beach. Um, I gotta ask you, one, what did you think about that fire ceiling sequence? But also, like, and you can incorporate this in whatever sequence you want. Uh, is the Island of the Idols paying off for you? Or are you enjoying this experience? You know, it was, it was an interesting thing, I guess. I wasn't bored. <laughs> so, I'll give them that. Um, if on the third trip they're talking about stealing fire from a trip, which is something that no one has ever done, like, there've been visits to other, camps before, but generally either completely production planned in Guatemala or totally by accident in Cook Islands. Um, I just, if this is their third test, God, I have no idea what they're going to be doing for the rest of the season. What in the world is going to happen? Um, but you know, the sequence, the sequence was kind of fun. Um, 
I thought it was funny that he was, like, shoveling so much ash into the photo. I was like, just grab one handful, dude, and get the fuck out of there. What are you doing? Um, I feel like there was definitely some tricky editing going on, though, um, to make it seem a little more dramatic. But I liked the night terror scene. <laughs> because I had apparently, um, a couple weeks ago, welcome my husband screaming bloody murder about a dream. And, um, now I feel more normal. Mm. You know, now I feel understood. <laughs> So he was like, what's wrong? I'm like, mm, there's a spider. I go back to sleep. Like, now you're waking me up and I'm annoyed. <laughs> He's like, you were screaming. And I'm like, I don't remember doing that. Let, I'm trying to sleep. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agreed. I thought the sequence, like, I mean, looking back on it, it was very contrived, like very, you know, and Frankenstein editing put together. Um, but I will say in the moment, like, again, I, you said that you weren't bored. I'd agree. Like, actually, at some point, uh, just because when I take, when I, when I'm, no, I'm doing a podcast, I'll just keep a notepad in front of me, but I'm like Nerd. holding it up in front of my face and sort of like, ah, nerves and very tense. And is he going to do it? Even though, like, what are the stakes? Like, someone wakes up and like, ah, shucks out. We didn't get the idol. Okay. Bye, people. <laughs> they got him. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd be like, wait, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. It'd be funny if it was, like, Kelly, who at least would, like, maybe, you know, if she had been the one to pull the name, would probably be like, okay, this must be something for Island of the Island, but that is weird. <laughs> All I had to do was, like, a very easy quiz. And that's also just thinking about, like, what's happening at the Vokai Beach. Like, everything that we got before that, I mean, I thought was also gold. Rob not knowing how to interact with a person who's very emotionally caught up. Sandra doing the low crawl that was entirely unnecessary. And, like, you know, hiding yeah, it and, like, like... where was he going to army yeah. crawl? <laughs> Especially if it's at night. I have to say, um, Parvati on her, um, Parvati, the original, not Molly, um, <laughs> posted on her, like, Instagram story, her little baby daughter, like, crawling. And she's like, my daughter army crawls better than Boston <laughs> Rob. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know... Man, imagine if we could get all three of them on one season again, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Let's just, like, bring back some more villains, too. Like, if we could have Tyson in there, that would be gold. That'd be amazing. Uh, I mean, what a great cast, Heroes versus Villains. Uh, I don't know if they could ever be taught. I I, I just don't know if we could get them back together. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, enough reminiscing. We should really focus on what's in front of us now. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's just so weird. Why couldn't it be, like, a scavenger hunt to look for an idol, like, on the island? And that could have, like, all right, we hit an idol on this beach. Find it. Yeah. And if you don't find it, then you lose your vote. I don't know. It was strange, but it makes me very, very curious to see what's coming up next. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's no way that you could predict it. I mean, like, when we thought, when we knew that, that, uh, Boston Rob and Sandra were holding a boot camp like at the beginning of the season. I don't think anyone could have predicted like this is where we're getting to in week three. I'm just excited because we've got a few more episodes to go even before the merge. Right? We don't even know what's happening post merge. It's just so strange, but it is delightful. Absolutely. Speaking of delightful, let's talk about someone who we haven't gotten a whole lot of up to this point, but oh, we got an introduction this week. Uh, Dean. Yeah. Um. Boy, at first I was like, ha, he. Like, they showed him fall right away. Like, I thought that was like, man, he's barely on the show, and now they've shown him stumble. And then he stumbled in a different way. Oh, boy. Um, at least he knew it, you know? That is true. At least 
And I thought the self-aware reference was kind of fun. Yeah. In his voting confessional, but, um, not the, not the best, um, not the best thing, I think, for your winner's edit if you're completely invisible the first two weeks and then you appear to say, let's put the vote in front of everybody on the truck. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, like, if this, I, I'm glad that we didn't get anything from Dean up to this point. And again, we've mentioned, like, no one's really clamoring for more Dean up to, up to <laughs> now. But now that this is the first taste that we get of just, like, the TV perfection of your <laughs> falling on the beach, which you're like, that's funny enough on its own. But then you raise the right. bar of, like, in front of everyone. Oh, boy. Yeah, I've just. It's just it was a metaphor, mm-hmm. you know. It was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and then people have compared him to other, like, you know, sort of already, not going to be island hot because they're already hot, just sort of, you know. You're Chris Nobles, you're Duke Christie yeah, types. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, the two that I saw compared to was um, Alec from, uh, what what was that, David versus Goliath? David versus and, Goliath, um, yeah, for sure. And uh, who was the other one? Some other hot guy who I'm forgetting. Uh, oh, no, Cole Metters from... from uh, How dare you forget a hot guy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. My sincere apologies. Uh, Cole Metters from... If if this pairing, if this <laughs> duo can't remember a hot guy, what hope is there for the people everywhere who like to think about hot guys? Oh, uh, yeah. And that is your memorial Emma Thirst for Chris Underwood moment of the week. <laughs> yeah, n- not, not Chris, but 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 Cole from Heroes vs. Us vs. Whatever fuck. Um uh, basically, like, some, some guy who you thought was gonna be just like, you know, eye candy, muscle meat, um, but, like, got a very purple-ish edit in the beginning, and then we turn it around and realize, oh, they're a doofus. And it is great to watch. You know, if he can turn it around like Alec did, where we're all rooting for him by the end, like, more power to you, let's see it happen. Um, but if we just even keep at this note for a few more weeks, like, I will be happy with what we get from Dean. Yeah, and you know, Cole had a showmance on the season. Alec, you know, had sort of a rom- romance after the season. And the next week on Survivor, looking like we got a little flirting going on, to which I say, Chelsea, girl, no, <laughs> don't do it, man. Don't. Chelsea, if you can hear me in the past, you're a big Survivor fan. You know better than this. Come on. We can only hope it's not as bad as it looked, because they... Just come on, girl. Plus, he lives in New York. What's the point? You live in L.A. <laughs> Why bother? There are so many survivors that live in L.A. Meet one later. It's fine. She could date Bradley. <laughs> Probably a bad idea, too. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's been a lot on Lo... Lyra. Lyra. I always wanted to be Lokai, and I'm like, it can't be Lokai if it's also Lokai. <laughs> that would be madness. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, so let's transition to Bokai then. Purple! Purple! We like purple. We're purple. Purple Rock Podcast, the professional podcast. <laughs> so on Vokai, we sure spent like a lot of time on strategy in the first 10 minutes of the show for a tribe that then went on to not go to tribal council. So that was interesting. Um, we saw some of the fallout, you know, of how Jamal and Jack felt with the Molly blind side. And also, I'm just going to say, anyone, like, there were people predicting who would say the title quote this week. Anyone who didn't guess Jack is a goddamn fool. Um, like, huh, who will say honesty would be chill? Could it be the surfer-looking guy? Maybe. Yeah, but, and then, and like, Jack, you know, sort of seems to play nice. 
Jamal unintentionally quotes Sandra without knowing that Sandra's there with his, like, I'll forgive, but I don't forget. And then suddenly everyone's like, oh, we should definitely vote on Nora next. And you know what would, would have also been a great time to vote on Nora? The first one, last week. Mm-hmm. All the reasons they had were the exact same <laughs> reasons. Yeah. Could have done it last week, but it, but it didn't stay, you know, as, as these things often go. They didn't stay talking about Nora for long. Yeah. It was Nora's bugging Dan. So Dan goes and right. whips some votes. And then by doing that, Dan starts bugging Jamal, who wants to go and whip some votes on Dan this time. And by doing that sort of spooks Ginger Tommy, who goes and whips some votes <laughs> on Jamal. Like I just, it, there were a lot of moving parts and, uh, Truly, to quote another show, it was a lot of emotion for safe, right? Because it still happened a little bit leading into uh, that challenge. But the whole Chekhov's confessionals that are going on here, like especially Ginger Tommy is getting a lot of screen time between last week and this week for someone who really isn't driving anything. I'm curious to see where that's going. Um, and Jamal and Dan, just like, it's a whole powder keg. And when it goes off, I'm, I'm just very curious to see where we're going with it. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, you know, always a great idea to be talking about the vote that much before challenge. You know, you're never going to make anyone feel paranoid. It's just a good idea for a camp morale. Mm-hmm. So good job, Purple. Um, yeah, it is, it is interesting. I mean, it'll make our predictions fun. Um, yeah. since we have three possibilities and, you know, who knows? It could, like, for all we know, suddenly they'll all be mad at Lauren or Kelly or anyone, you know, they'll be like, Janet didn't dive fast enough. I hope, I hope at some point, you know, it'll be fun when she finds out that Elizabeth is an Olympic swimmer. She can be like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I put so much stake on my swimming ability. I said in interviews, hi, it's definitely going to be the best swimmer out there. Oh, thank God it's because she has Olympic medals. <laughs> Like, can you imagine if you have, like, the one thing that you, like, know you're good at, you do professionally, and then, you like, you lose to someone, and it's like, oh, no, they do, t- like, technically, you're professional because lifeguarding, but, like, she's technically amateur, because <laughs> that's what the Olympics are, <laughs> but, like, yeah, I don't think you can, uh, can worry too much about being beat in a swimming race by, uh, Olympics, who only, like, just retired last year, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and then we didn't really, you know, we didn't really hear much from the other people of Vokai, but you know, we have at this point now, I think we've gotten a confessional from everyone since Dean had his illustrious debut. So, what are your kind of overall feelings on this cast? Are there people you're really digging? Are there people you're like, "Oh, I don't like them." What are what's the vibe? Um, so just in terms of like or dislike, I like the vibe that I get from Elaine, right? First episode, stellar introduction. Who doesn't? Yeah. It is, if I can interject real quick, mm-hmm. it is interesting to me that she had, like, such a breakout episode, you know, super... And obviously, you're not going to get that much coverage every episode. That would be way overkill. But she's been, like, pretty invisible. Now, last week, they didn't go tribal. But even this week, we really didn't see much from Elaine, which I thought was especially interesting since two of the target choices for the women were Vince and Tom, who she had been really bonded with in the premiere. So I don't know what to make of it, but I found it interesting. Yeah, and we'll see what happens next week once we get a little more, you know, data on that. 
another episode. Yeah, if she sure. entirely disappears, maybe it was just a flash in the pan. We need a reason to say why she's being targeted in week one. Uh, right. I feel like there's enough there that we're going to get more from Elaine down the road. Yeah, like there's no way they're like, and now she's boring. <laughs> <laughs> like that would. Yeah. I, I guess if you really lost all your energy, you yeah. know, it's possible, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, certainly. But Elaine, um, is, I'm good with on orange. Missy, um, I think there's definitely potential there. I'm looking forward to, to, to see what happens with her. Uh, but other than that, I don't know if I'm necessarily betting on anyone orange. Cause again, I've made it very public. I'm betting on purple. Purple, winners, <laughs> they're coming from purple. Um, but moving over to that side. I heard it here. That's right. Um, Dan, I, do not like he is going to go down in a ball of fire sometime soon. I don't. He's. I, I something agree. about these survivor dance, isn't there? <laughs> something about him, but definitely like what Jamal was saying. Of it feels very used car salesman-y. Like even before he opens his mouth, he is a talent manager. That's, that's so. true. So it's as close as you can get in another field. Like mm, agents are probably worse, no. but <laughs> like I was like, but nobody cares. <laughs> Um, yeah, but Dan, I don't know if I'm super high on. Um, I will say, when I was doing pick fours, which again are out the window because I, I picked Molly after the first episode. A lot of people switched to Molly. I was one of them. Really hurts. Uh, but I was trying to hold off on picking Ginger Tommy because I was trying to work a sort of Costanza strategy. I'm like, I don't see any right. clear Right. And flaw. like everyone picked. Right. And I, and I was just like, I don't know if I see a clear flaw in Ginger Tommy, which makes me think that my instincts are bad, so I'm going to go in another direction. And that instinct of not following my instincts was bad because he's getting all this airtime. He seems well-connected with almost everyone on the tribe. And I think Ginger Tommy is probably the one who has the most room to rise because he's sort of floating around in the middle of the pack. He's not calling shots, but I think he has the most ammo moving forward in the game. Yeah, um, if it makes you feel any better about Tommy and Fantasy League in, um, Ghost Island, I was in Outcast League, had the chance, had the field wide open for Wendell, thought he seemed good, thought he had a lot of potential, was like, mm, but he probably has too much potential and everyone will target him and didn't, mm-hmm. didn't draft him and instead drafted Bradley, so <laughs> that, that still hurts a little bit, um, yeah, but, um, yeah, I think, I think I could definitely see, you know, gameplay potential from Tommy. He hasn't, I haven't seen enough yet to feel like any sort of emotional attachment there. And that's kind of true with everyone on Vokai in terms of like positive at least. Like, Kelly and Lauren seem fine, you know, Tommy seems fine. I don't, you know, Jamal, Jan- they all seem fine. Janet obviously is a, great for, you know, starting fire and swimming so great, you know, go her. She is on my team. So good luck, Janet. Um, yeah, kind of the same, you know, it doesn't seem like things are, are turning out too well for Dan. Um, looks like, you know, hopefully we don't have any more like weird incidents than he like took that feedback fine. Cause even if we still don't like him, don't want anything sketchy happening. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I know, like, a lot of people are into Noron and entertainment value. I'm just never someone who's, like, into the wacky characters. It's just, like, not me. Like, I famously hate Coach in Token Chains, not just self-specific. Like, I find him completely sanctimonious and annoying and blah, blah, blah. It's just not my vibe, and I know if I was ever on the show... I would get rid of that person in an instant. They are so unpredictable. It's, it's like gonna, yeah, sure, you can't, you can beat them, but they can drag you down with like just wackiness. You know, it's what you see with all kinds of, every player that's been like that. 
So, you know, she's entertaining enough for now, but, like, it's just not really my vibe. Um, yeah, Jason seems fine. I don't have strong feelings, really, about anyone on purple, um, despite, obviously, that being the best color. And then, yeah, same as you, Elaine and Missy on, um, I want to say Laro, not Loka. (laughs) Um, yeah, Elaine is fun. Missy, I think, is the one I see who really has, like, strong gamemanship. I can see her doing really well in the game. I just hope she won't get, you know, targeted to her because of that. But I think she has a lot of gameplay potential and is, like, interesting, you know? It's not just, like, game bot, strategy head, like... You know, there's interesting stuff. Um, she gives good confessionals still, so. And then, yeah, every, you know, it's still early. No one's like popping super big, but no one I like hate, you know, no, mm-hmm. I don't have like a strong hate in on anyone yet, which is always nice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think, I know it's the first season when, that Lynn has not cast, but I think it's overall well balanced because even the people who are meant to be sort of foils be a little grating, like maybe Nora. It's not in the way with Debbie where you're like, oh, enough already, let's move on. Like, there's still yeah. enough, you know, balance in that uh, overall pr- profile that you're not, you know, entirely just done with it and ready to throw her or really anyone on the cast aside. Like, I think just in terms of getting people who, you know, fit archetypes in different ways, but also complement each other well to make an overall well-balanced cast. I think it was really, it was really well done this, this season. Yeah, I think it's a great cast. And some people have pointed out, like, well, these people have been around a lot of these people have been in the mix for a while. That came out in a lot of the pregame press. So like, oh, maybe Lynn was still involved. But she really kind of, I think, from what I understand, you know, is picking people really at the end. So if anything, these are people she didn't like, you know, and now that she's gone, they they can let them in. Like, once we learned, you know, Angelina uh said that, like, Lynn didn't like to cast, like, marriage 20-something women. Like, it's just like, and, well, that's what Lauren is. So we know... There's, there's maybe something going on there and they're a little more willing to do that, which is, which is cool because, yeah, we don't even do, do we, I feel like even the casuals don't like showmances, so I don't know why they really care about people being single or anything. But, um, and, and then, yeah, what are you feeling with, um, Sandra and Rob, you know, as like, the addition, is it taken away too much for you yet, or is it still fun? Oh, no, it's not. I mean, like, I don't think there's ever going to be a point where Queen Sandra and Boston Rob can take away. Like, it, they are adding exactly what they need to. There's never a point where they're on my screen, and I'm like, everyone should be asking, what's happening with, you know, <laughs> Lauren back at the beach? Like, there are great people right. in the cast, but Sandra and Rob are beloved for a reason. It's because every time that they're on our screen, like, we enjoy what's happening. So the fact that they are there and they don't actually have to deal with all like, you know, all the, you know, gameplay bullshit of social maneuvering, like they can just like let loose, say what they want and be themselves like you're getting the best parts of them really in this setting. Yeah. And, you know, one reason why Rob and Sandra are there besides to entertain us and be delightful is to give advice to the cast, such as how to army crawl through someone else's camp. Um, so for our season gimmick, we are doing dispensing advice because we are so wise and experienced. Great and undisputed wisdom in giving advice. (laughs) Um, This is our escape from that <laughs> library. Um, all right. So, so we have received a few questions. So would you like to start us off, Brad? Sure. 
Uh, hey, Purple Rock Pod. I just got my master's degree. How do I change careers from bum puzzled in Boston? All right. So, um, as someone who is kind of starting to look for a, don't have a master's, but trying to find a new job, I'll say what you want to do is you want to, you know, find the job postings that fit with what you want. You want to apply to them. You want to never hear back. <laughs> and then just repeat that cycle over and over. You know, you can use things like LinkedIn. Um, you can go on ZipRecruiter where you can see, you can physically see that they've never even opened your application. So that's always fun. And, you know, just go from there and, and just keep plugging away because maybe... Dear God, maybe something will land. But congratulations on the extra degree. Hope you didn't go in too much debt for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you've actually really, I feel like, done the hard part of doing the master's. Because I don't want to get my master's. I know I have to, but I don't want to. Uh, right now, you're in the tedious part of trying to find the job that works for you. Uh, so I will say, like Emily said, pound the pavement, submit your applications, and make sure that you're leaning on people. And this is the genuine bit. Make sure that you're leaning on people uh, from your school. Like if you had a professor, an advisor, other people in your cohort, like talk to them and make sure that you're networking with them, right? Because whatever connections they have is a connection by another degree for you. So make sure that you're leveraging those as you try to get into a new field. All right. So our next question, Dear Purple Rock Pod, I signed a CBS contract without reading it, and I'm now contractually obligated to participate in a Hunger Games-style battle royale with every second-place survivor in history. What can I do to stay alive? Who should I align with? Thank you for your advice. From Distraught in District 39. All right, well, I'm going to say let's pick out some good allies for you to work with. We know that Wu from Kagayan is Great fit. choice. And, you know, he's fun to be around, um, and he's also loyal to a stupid fault. So you know that he's not going to backstab you, and he's going to be easy for you to backstab when the time comes, right? The only problem Yeah, Will's that, not going to kill no, you. not going to kill you, right? The only problem is that he might sort of blow up your spot and do something stupid and, you know, put you on blast, which is going to draw attention to you in this Hunger Games-style, uh, you know, fight. But if you can sort of temper that behavior and use his physicality and his number to your advantage. Uh, that is one, that's the first person I'm going to and trying to ally with. Yeah. And then as your backup, you've got Colby who will, he'll do a lot of the fighting. He'll do a lot of that physical stuff for you. And then at the end, he'll just give you the win. You know, he'll just rather take you along. So that's great. Um, another good option is Dominic. You can be like a powerful duo all the way, but like while he's doing, you know, a lot of the dirty work, a lot of that, a lot of that Hunger Games murdering, you can, you know, be finding shells for people, giving, you know, doing, giving a little advice. And then, so at the end of the day, when that third person, that last person who's there to battle you, they're going to want to kill Dom first and not you. And so then you can take them down. It's just, that's a good one. Oh, see, I was thinking, Sort of the opposite of that is if you take Chrissy, who really hasn't, mm. really backstabbing is not her style, but when you get down to it, I feel like as long as you sort of play it right, people will be more resentful of Chrissy and will target her first before going for you. It's another shield for you, maybe. Rolling with Chrissy. That's true, too. That's another good point. Um, who I would not recommend working with is Amanda because you're just gonna like, 
hear her stumble over everything. There will be a lot of like crying involved at the end there. And I, it's just probably not worth, worth that. You'll, you'll probably ruin the friendship and things will be awkward if you ever play in like a quarter quell later down the line. So that's probably not a good plan. Yeah, and I mean, obviously you want to get Russell Hans out of there ASAP. Oh, of course. Yeah. Don't work yeah. with him. Oh, wait. Oh, uh, technically I, no, no, oh, wait, crap. And I'm not remembering votes. Does, Courtney Yates count as a second place? Courtney Yates does All right, count. We're Courtney her in. Yates beat Amanda in China. <laughs> All right, we're bringing her in. That's in the alliance. Courtney Yates, make sure you get to her quick. Yeah, that's a good one too because Courtney, she'll keep you entertained. She'll keep things light. And at the end of the day, she's a twig. You can snap her in half. You win. Mm-hmm. It's fine. All right, let's move on to our next question. Uh, dear Emma and Brad, I am asking a question that both Lyro and you guys have experience with. How do you deal with an old Canadian who thinks that they're always in charge? Signed, Confused About Canada. It's a great question. Confused is a great question, and it is something uh, that we have experience with. As I have a little bit more, I think I'll take the lead on this. Um, I think you want to start off by finding something like, you know, just some obscure coincidences, some like surprising things you have in common with that person. Um, so that, that'll really like bond you together and they'll end up liking you more than everyone else on your team. So that's always great. And then sometimes you just gotta, you know, it's like a, it's like a toddler who's like whining. You just gotta let them tire themselves out when they have a rant. And that's good. Just let them work it out. Let them get through it. They'll feel better afterwards. You can tune out. You know, you can look at your phone while they're talking. It's, it's just, it's not that, it's not that troubling. Um, how about you, Brad? You're coming from a different perspective. Uh, well, part the same, part different. When you said tire, let them tire themselves out, like exactly, we're on the same wavelength there. Uh, other parts of it are just sort of, you know, starting to correct some of the behaviors, not in the way where you're, you know, putting up a big fight about who's the authority, who's in charge, but, you know, just st- start steering the right direction. So for if, for example, uh, this Canadian who you're dealing with is constantly saying things or posting things that other people have already said and taking credit for them, you know, it's, it's fine. You don't have to put them on blast all the time, but you know, just maybe point it out and just sort of redirect how, uh, how the conversation, you know, was before they threw something a little redundant into the mix. Especially if it ends up being in, um, a wrong topic entirely, you know, although we do find that tends to stem from Florida more, but <laughs> you know. But these things happen and you just, you know, you just kind of roll with the punches. Um, well, I think we were originally planning on doing four questions, but, you know, we're going a little long here. So do you want to just move into predictions? Yeah, let's go right to it. Let's do some predictions. All right. Uh, do you want to go first? Um, sure. So for the Orange Tribe, I am just going to roll it over again because, god damn, I'm getting close on these predictions. And at some point, something's got to <laughs> give. I'm going to say that uh, the swap is not coming. They realize that they do still need... um challenge assets on their tribe and that now that Vince is gone one of the women is expendable should they decide that they really do want to keep the three men along for the ride with them um, and if Karishma keeps sort of leaning into the I cannot you know make connections and everybody is treating me like an outsider I'm gonna be like okay we're not gonna put up with this bye Karishma see ya what about you for the orange tribe 
Yeah, you know what? I gotta say, um, not to be redundant, but I agree a hundred percent. Same re- same person, same rationale. I think, I think the, the biggest thing is that there's now a 5-3 advantage for the women. So they are going to feel like they can afford to do it. It might not necessarily be the right thing, but we see this happen in the merge a lot with tribes, you know, or, or swaps where, where one side feels like, okay, we have enough, we can start kind of attacking our own, but that's, you know, that's when something bad can happen. So um, hopefully they're, if they do go this route, they're able to hold strong after that because we like the women. Um, And then for Vokai, I mean, we've seen three strong possibilities so far um, in Dan, Jamal, and Nora. Of course, things really seem to turn on a dime there. So I think, you know what, I think I'm going to do what I often do when there's, when there's kind of some obvious target. I'm just going to keep rolling that over until eventually it's right, because if I don't guess it and then it happens, I'm going to hate myself. So I'm just going to go with Nora again. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I would do the same thing uh, for Purple, except for the fact that I feel like Nora, at this point, she keeps skating by. People keep moving the target off of Nora. It starts on Nora, and then people say, ah, but let's actually redirect, because either explicitly we can treat her as a goat, and I can beat her at Final Tribal, or she's really not a threat. She's annoying, but she's not a threat. Um, so I feel like for this one, it's between, for me, it's between Dan and Jamal. Um, those are the two people who mm-hmm. are sort of storing the pot the most, but I would say that I feel like we've seen that Ginger Tommy and, uh, you know, Jack are attached to Jamal and want to work with him. Whereas I don't know that Dan has any, is really any clear allies on that tribe. He has people who he has voted with, but I don't know if they're in a very explicit alliance where they're saying we're a pact going to final whatever. So just by the fact that Dan does not have as many connections, I'm going to say that Dan goes home this week from Vokai. Well, Tommy did seem to balk at voting for Dan when he was talking with Janet, but you know, the, you're right about that connection with Jack and that could really change things up. And we've seen this tribe really mixes things up all the time. So, um, and who knows if there's a puzzle next week, this won't matter anyway. Um, all right. Well, that is it for this week. You can, um, always check out comments, fantasy posts, predictions, and everything at our website at, um, which is purplerockpodcast.com. You can follow the show Twitter at purplerockpod. You can follow me at purplerockemma. You can follow Brad at purplerockbrad. We're very, we're very nifty with all this and no one else is worth following. So there you go. All right. Um, someone will put in some music after this and we have no idea what it'll be but it'll have something to do with Vince. See you next week, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>